Today's episode of The Ride Podcast is brought to you by The Click Ring. Wear the ring and show the world that you can live your line at clicring.com. Hello, fellow riders. This is your host, Rusty James. It is Tuesday, January 5th, 2016, and this is The Ride. Welcome, friends. A nice, beautiful, sunny, crisp, chilly morning at 23 degrees. Traveling north at about an altitude of 10 feet. Feeling nice and toasty with my Java. Ready for the workday. I woke up this morning and I had these words going through my mind. I got to believe either God put it there or my awesome Alfredo dinner affected my brain. By the way, homemade Alfredo sauce is the bomb. Christy, you rock. So the words in my mind this morning, removable feast. Let's say you're aware of this chef who is incredible, kind of like my wife, at baking beautiful breads and pastries and treats and and they're also a culinary artist who can create the most succulent pork chops, stuffed gravies and chutneys and all of these excellent kind of things that you only get once a year maybe, maybe not even once a year. Just unique things, but are so delicious that you can barely keep still. You've got to get at that table. And that table is spread out and decked to the nines. It's beautiful. Something you might take a picture of for better homes and gardens, that kind of thing. And this is a huge table. And this chef has prepared for days this feast. And the finishing touches are place there. The drinks are poured, everything's prepared, and you get the invite. At first you didn't even know you are going to get an invite, and you get this invite. And you've been longing for days as that preparation has been taking place. I want to get a part of this thing. I gotta enjoy what's meant to be enjoyed. And the invitation is in your hand, you open it up, and it says you are invited to partake in this feast. There's a little note at the bottom. It says, once you partake of this feast, no other feasts will satisfy. And as you're making a way toward this table and you read that last line, you pause. And then you think about all the other feasts you've had. Would you be willing to give them up? You look at the spread before you and you think, That's insane. There's no reason why I wouldn't want that all the time. So you partake. There are some others who get the invitation. And though it looks good, they're not willing to let go of the other feasts that they may have. They don't want to only be taken care of by that chef. There are some who get the invitation And they think, I'm not worthy to sit at that table. You know, thanks for the invite, but, you know, I'd feel awfully weird 
and unworthy sitting at that table. Therefore, I don't want to do it. There's a story in the Bible that kind of talks like that. There's a, a wedding feast, and there are people who decline to go. And so the streets are scoured for anyone to come in and enjoy this feast. I don't know why I woke up with that removable feast, but it was definitely there. And I think it's a picture of what God has provided. He's the chef. It's what he has provided for us to enjoy, for us to partake in. Maybe I'm thinking about this feast because at the beginning of the year, our church does a fast. And all of a sudden, you start thinking a lot about food and feasting and, and the lack of it. I don't know if that's why I was thinking of that. I don't think so. I'm not preoccupied with the fast right now. I don't know what I'm going to fast. But back to the original point, God has this feast for us, for all of us. But he wants to be, the word I used yesterday was captain. He wants to be the captain. He wants to be the sole source of our feasting. So, what are you feasting on? Feast your eyes on this. What are you feasting on? I think we ought to be feasting on what God's providing. Recently, I was looking at a smartphone app. It's called Quora. You might know about it. Where people ask a question, and then eventually somebody with some depth of understanding on that subject will answer it, and, and that answer will be upvoted. So eventually, you know, it gets seen by the masses, and it's kind of like... It may not be the 100% answer, but it might be a pretty good, educated answer. And there's all sorts of questions. I was looking at it the other day, and you, you can learn a lot of things. But there's also questions about religion and God and Christianity and atheism and all this kind of stuff. And I'm hearing people talk about it, Christianity, as just an, as an option, you know, an option of belief. And that, you know, our, our gray matter has chosen to believe something because it makes us feel good. I'm not immune to the world's opinion about Christianity. Ultimately, it has to do with faith. What do you believe? I believe that the feast that God has laid out for us is for real. In my explanation here, the feast is basically the provision of God. What we need for sustenance, I guess. I believe I need what he's got to give. And I also believe that as I partake of that, that will be all I need. Today's provision might be different than tomorrow's, but if I get it from the Lord, that's all I need. But if I treat my Lord and Savior as just a mental ascent, that he is just this thing I'm thinking of, and I believe he's there, but I'm not really active. 
and it's just like what these opinions are it's just a thought on my part and you know whatever makes me go to bed at night happy is good enough I don't see it that way either God's for real and I'm living in faith believing he has provision for me or God is not and I am living in a belief that is not true could go the other way too where if I reject it he's not for real or I I say he's not for real but I'm hopelessly deluded because he is he has a feast for me and I'm not partaking in it and I'm missing out on the one thing that gives me true life eternal life you know, I could just play odds and say, well, you know, the chances, you know, if, if it's 50-50 that I'm right or wrong. You know, famous mathematician Pascal said that he would choose to believe that there is a God because if it's, he didn't say 50-50, but if it was those odds, um, better to believe and find out that you're right than not believe and find out that you're wrong. But I want to go beyond that. You can't prove him to me, but I have experienced him in my life. I have experienced the power of God in my life. Things that that don't make sense, coincidences that don't make sense, paths that align yeah, I know, I know, I know. A lot of people use the word coincidence. I believe there's such thing as coincidence. But I also believe in the hand of God and in the life of people. I've chosen to sit down at that feast. I've chosen to be fed with His provision. And I ask the Lord daily to help me not be fed by the things of the world. But you may recall that I, the words that I woke up with this morning were removable feast. Now, while I believe that God has a plan for everyone, no matter when they choose to accept his plan, even on their deathbed, I believe that this feast that I'm referring to it's not just the gift of salvation, but it's a provision that God has for us. Unique for every one of us. <clears throat> and we need to be careful that we don't reject his provision. Imagine, I'm a young person looking for a spouse. The smartest thing I could do is seek God first, and the rest will come. Let's say I find this cutie, and she's the one for me, but I'm not seeking God. Well, God might have a banquet table set up for me, uh, and, has, and, and He has provided my spouse. And I'm off doing my own thing, and all of a sudden, because of the faults that I make I'm in a situation 
where his provision I didn't take, but I chose my own feast. That's what I'm saying is the removable feast. God has a banquet for you should you choose to partake. If you partake in other things, that particular banquet will be removed. Like in my example, if I'm dilly-dallying with this hottie and God had a banquet table with my future wife prepared for me and yet I didn't choose his plan, once I've made my decision, that banquet table's gone. You see how that works. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, this the spouse that you married when you were not a Christian is the wrong one. I believe that God says and honors the decisions we make and the commitments that we made. We made a covenant commitment to our spouse. And he honors that. And no matter what situation you happen to find yourself in, he has a new banquet table for you. Do you see this? He has a new banquet for you. He's always providing for you to sit at his table. It's his table. It's not the world's table. So regardless of, you know, what mistake you might have made in the past, he has a banquet table for you for today. But he still has the invitation with that little note on the bottom. Partake in this table, but you need to be partaking from my hand. And he knows that we have difficulty doing that at times, so we make mistakes. We fall backwards. But guess what? The next day, there's a feast there. The one he's provided for today. With the same invitation. So what are we going to do? We could game God and say, well, shoot, if he's always going to have a feast for us every day, we could kind of take what he's got and then kind of run off into this corner and take this fast food that the world's got, get sick off that for a while, and then come back to the real food, the good food. could play that game. How many of us has played that game? Don't raise your hand. To a degree, we've all done that. Man, if we could only see how good things could be when feasting on only what God's got for us. Can you picture it? Man, I want to I want God to nip my natural man just in the bud. Just my natural man needs to die. Our spirit has been born anew. We we're completely in a different family now as a Christian. But this old man, he keeps rising up. He keeps clamoring for the fast food, for the junk in the corner. While we have this huge, beautiful feast in front of us. I don't know, it just boggles my mind that I'd want the fast food. Maybe that's what it is, it's fast food. Some of the things at the table take time to prepare. 
We don't want to wait. We don't want to wait for God's provision. We want to just jump in and get what we want right now. That could be it. We're impatient. Maybe some of the food at the table is there in a medicinal way, in a healthy way, to help destroy bad character traits. But we kind of like our bad character traits. It's like this stuffing at the table. It's for developing our trust in God in all things. But we don't want to trust God in all things, so we'll just kind of pass on that stuffing. Then it leaves us hungry, so then we get up from the table and we run off to our fast food and gorge. Life is not made. I mean, it's a statement of faith, but I believe that life is not made to be lived that way. Lord Jesus, today, help to remind us that your feast is what we need. Your feast in its entirety. And that things of the world that are imitations of the food and provision that you offer are merely that. They're just imitations. They don't satisfy. They never were made to satisfy. Only what you have can truly satisfy. Lord, be the bread of life for us, the living water we need. If it were only that, that should be enough. So today we declare the feast that you've set before us is a feast we will sit down and enjoy. And we will adhere to that second line on the invitation as best we can to avoid being fed from third-party sources. We thank you, Lord, for caring about us so much that you would offer this banquet to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everyone, you stay in that word and you live in peace. You pray for those who persecute you. And when you see that feast set before you, you've got a decision to make. I hope that you do the right one and you decide to partake and taste and see that the Lord is good. Love you guys. I will see you on the flip.